Good morning, everyone. With me today is the Juno Docks and Harbors Department. Board member Don Etheridge and Harbor Master Matt Creswell are here in the studio. Good morning, you two. Morning, Kevin. Good morning, Kevin. Well, it's a little soggy out. <laughs> Very October today. Just to state the obvious. But with about a million cruise passengers this year, you must all have been busy. Kevin, we were extremely busy. and uh, Tell us how the season went. The that, season, uh, overall, the season w- was phenomenal, especially given the fact that the the Giant had been sleeping for two years and we, we turned everything back on full speed this year. It started off just a, as far as passenger numbers, just a little slow in the beginning, but it didn't take long for... Uh, for the counts to ramp up and the ships to start coming in more and more full. And right now we don't have the absolute final numbers yet, but it's going to be somewhere between 1.15 and 1.2 million uh, visitors on cruise ships that did you know for the season. But uh, it was a long season started in April and ended in October. And uh, it's, it, it took a lot of, a lot of work on our end and our staff's end to accommodate all the early season changes and late season changes just due to weather and, and ship schedules. And when it comes to the traffic, I was curious, when does it really start ramping up? I know there's a few ships that show up in April, but... We've, we've kind of got a bit of a shoulder season at the, the beginning and at the end. And, uh, you know, I think if I remember right, our first ship this year was like April 24th. Um, for the first two weeks sometimes up to three weeks it's you know a ship or two a day with some blank days and then by by the middle of may we're sitting at three to four ships per day in town so it it doesn't take long and we're we're running full steam ahead and explain docks and harbors responsibilities during the tour season could you lay that out a moment yeah certainly kevin so Docks and Harbors manages the Alaska Steamship Dock and the Cruise Ship Terminal Dock, as well as our lightering facility, where uh, when ships are anchored, they lighter in their passengers. That facility, that dock, is right below the port field office behind the tram. And uh, we own and manage those facilities. We are responsible for security of the facilities. We're not responsible for security of the ship, but for every everything the ship touches in the surrounding areas, that's the responsibility of Docks and Harbors. And in turn that requires us to check all ids and cruise cards of every passenger that goes through our security checkpoints that we have and enters our enters our facility to go on the ship so and that was new this year wasn't it 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 started last year but the season was so light and uh abbreviated that we were able and we were able to handle it fairly easily this was the first year of uh Full speed with with dual ID verification and with that beast awoken like you the beast was awoken <laughs> it definitely was and uh, we had to add a lot of extra staff this year to be able to get people through the booths in a reasonable amount of time to get on their ship so we didn't have very long lines going all the way down the seawalk so people can get back on the ship in the time that they were supposed to. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, when you think 1.2 million, that's a lot of... <laughs> that's a lot of folks. That's a lot of folks. And even with the uh, the other two docks, we, Docks and Harbors, manages the, the primary parking lots downtown. So even ships that are at the AJ Dock or Franklin, those passengers end up on Docks and Harbors facilities throughout the day. So we see most of that 1.2 million crossing Docks and Harbors facility at some point or another during the season. And on another topic, the 1% sales tax extension was approved by voters this year. And with that funding comes funding to Docks and Harbors. I understand there's two top tier projects slated for funding. Uh, Don, share with us first the work for Aurora Harbor. What has been done so far? 
so far we've been able to uh, use uh, uh, some of the reserve funding that we've already had and we've got the uh, matching grant funds uh, from the state this year from DOT uh, and we're going to do the H float with that um, it's being designed right now for H float with the uh, 1% money we're picking up uh, 4 million dollars out of that for uh, the expansion of the rest of the Aurora Harbor and we're going to take that money and we're going to also uh, try to use that as a matching grant funds for more of the uh, DOT money in, in the future here to finish off that project there. Uh, the other uh, project on that is that we're going to replace our, our harbor office there at uh, Aurora. Um, it's got to the point where there's not enough rot to even nail more rot to down there. So we're we're going to uh, look at uh, replacing that building. We got money to do that with. The the uh, uh, other project that we got is the uh, DOT gave the Wayside Park float over here at Dipak to us. Well, that float goes dry on a minus tide, and it and it's really messing the float up. So we got funds to try to dredge underneath that float to put it back in deep water again. So on the, uh, first on the Aurora project, it, it, it sounds like you'll be able to use these fundings, this funding now to leverage adif- additional funding. Hmm? Right. That's what, what, what our intention is. Um, we have to finish off the uh, existing grant that we've we received this, this year. So we have to do the construction on H float to to spend that money and as much of the head float as we can. And then we'll, we'll be able to apply for the next round of the uh, municipal uh, harbor grant fund from the uh, state and, and use that funds to leverage it. And on the wayside dock, I was reading some of the project description and that, like you had mentioned, on minus tide, it runs up against the ground, but I didn't realize that was after 20 years of isostatic rebound. <laughs> what a factor to have to... <laughs> take into account oh yeah that we 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 really get surprised every once in a while on some when we did the douglas harbor we had that same problem over there so much rebound in there and and then natural marine growth that comes on top of that and so it's a it's a big project to keep on top of the dredging that's why we had that floats removed out of the north end of aurora was so that we could get that dredge down because it was starting to get pretty shallow in that end of it so and on taku harbor it sounds like the float system there needs some love oh yeah the 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 float itself is in good shape it's it's the uh uh, float that goes up to the beach that that's uh hadn't been repaired uh in the last go round so that's where we're going to spend some money on that too and we, we also have an opportunity for matching grants for that one that we're working on also. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the way that we're having to do a lot of is is come up with some funds so that we can apply for matching grants because everything we do is so expensive out there. And what else was also on the list? What else could you share with us that uh, will receive the funding now from the 1%? Uh, for the harbors, uh, we we've, we've pretty well got it covered there with Taku and, and the Wayside Park and 
And, uh, and so those are the top tier ones. Right. Yeah. Well, that's all we have uh, that we can do. I don't know uh, what all the rest of it was for. There was a lot of different stuff that the city was putting out there, but those were the ones that we uh, got the money for. And I'd really like to thank the assembly for stepping up and helping us out with that. They did a fantastic job for helping us out. Matt, is there anything you'd like to add? Kevin, it's just I, I want to echo what Don said about our uh, gratitude for the assembly for uh, thinking of us and, and getting us in and, and getting those funds for us because we we really don't have many avenues within harbors to uh, find money for projects other than user revenues, the single DOT municipal harbor grant fund, and you know if the assembly can provide us any funds for that, that really increases our purchasing power and our ability to get these grants. So. We're, uh, we're very optimistic that we're going to get a lot of good things done here. Very good. Well, we'll go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back with Juno Docks and Harbors. I've got Don Etheridge and Matt Creswell here with me. Don, before we jump into the next topic, I was curious, are you still watching the crime over at the docks? And not nearly as much as I have been, but I still get out there on occasion. Uh, the fuel prices is has kind of slowed me down considerable, but instead of paying $100 a week for fuel, I've been paying like $200 a week for fuel, so. I feel that. Yeah, when when it's all donations out of my pocket, it it slows me down. But wasn't there an effort to get some some security cameras on eyes over there? We are still working on that. Matt has led the charge on that and doing a lot of improvements with our security camera systems. Matt, you able to speak to that? Yeah, Kevin. So security cameras is one part of it, but the the other big part when Don says he hasn't been in the harbor as much, that's true. But at the same time, this time a year ago, we were able to create a new position for a nighttime security officer. And uh, that individual has done an outstanding job of of being in the harbors through the night, uh, monitoring and reporting and, and taking care of security issues through the night. And another tool for him will be the increased number of security cameras that we're currently installing throughout the harbors. Um, we were just talking with our camera guy yesterday. We've got two or three more coming online hopefully this week um, or early next week. And we've, we're just kind of doing a phased approach to it. We knock out a few and then we move to a different area and knock out some more. And, you know, it seems simple to everybody. Just put cameras up and be able to monitor them. But when you're starting to talk about getting cameras down on the floats that are wirelessly connected and a rising and falling tide, with large boats that come in and block uh, radio shots back to the receiver it's a uh, and plus positioning and positioning and it takes a lot of a lot of planning to get cameras you can put cameras anywhere but to get them in the right spots to capture what you're hoping to capture is is the big challenge and uh myself i didn't i, I never really thought about how how hard it could be to think through all the possibilities and actually put the camera somewhere where they'll be of use but i'm happy to say we're making lots of progress on it and uh we we are we have increased our cameras you know fivefold since over the last few years very good now i saw that there i saw that there's an item you'll be taking up but at during the break don you had clarified that it won't be at tomorrow's docks and harbors meeting it'll be at a later meeting that's the rate uh the rate study and i saw that this is a gauge this was a gauge from folks who use your facilities about their thoughts on rate changes Uh, broadly what did you end up hearing 
Well, a lot of it, people were were interested in, in a modest rate increase if we can maintain the services as they are now. And that's we're going to have to do an increase to, to maintain services or we're going to have to start cutting services because we just don't have the, the uh, income coming in that, that we need to do that. Um, HDR is going to give us a, uh, uh, on the 17th of November, they're going to give us a, uh, a presentation, a final presentation on their, their rate study they did for us. Um, meantime the uh the board is going to have a, a special retreat uh to discuss the the rates and a few other items that were on there i think it's going to take us quite a while to get through uh and several meetings to talk about the rate study to figure out just what we need to do in order to keep the operation going and and make some improvements on some of our infrastructure i i saw that uh in the key findings, there was the suggestion of a 9% increase, but that's just their recommendation. What happens in the conversations process-wise now? Yeah, well, that's what's, what we're gonna take, is, is theirs was a 9% increase if all these other funding sources came to fruition, which probably won't happen. I, I, I would be totally amazed if we even got half of them. Um, so it's it's going to be more than a nine percent in order to get what what they're looking at uh, that we're looking at for uh, we're we're having to look now at replacement costs for, and we have to build a fund for replacement costs for these facilities. We don't have anywhere else to go to get those funds, so we have to pay for that out of our own pocket. And then at least having a matching grant, we might be able to save some money on that, but. We just don't know where the money's going to come from to do it at this point. So we're going to be looking at trying to build a, a coffer up to uh, work on the replacements and also to finish up a lot of the projects that, that need to be done now that we don't have the funding for. And the rates is one part of how you get funding. Well, we were talking about earlier in the program about matching grants that you seek out as well as part of the docks and harbors funding are there other mechanisms we're, we're missing here about how docks and harbors get funding the only other funding that we get is occasionally we get money money is from the uh, city like the, like the one percent that's the only other funding that we get uh, we're, we're an enterprise board and we're supposed to be carrying our own water and and not being going back to the to city for operational funds but we do go to them for capital funds on occasion, and that's where we're, we we uh, get money like we did with this one uh, percent increase uh, continuation of the tax. So, and and those we we have limited funds. The the uh, there's a couple of grant funds that come from the feds in only one state grant that that we qualify for ever, and that's the matching grant. And that one you can't count on because that all depends on whether or not the state's got any money. I mean, I guess we'll see next session whether or not that's the case. Right. And and I think with, with the finance concerns with the state right now, that might be a real iffy thing. Mm. Matt, is there anything you'd like to jump in here with? Yeah, Kevin, it's, uh, you know, like as Don mentioned, we are an enterprise and we're technically two separate enterprises. We're docks and we're harbors. Um, docks, we have other avenues of funding through uh, 
passenger fees and, and things like that that fund projects that directly benefit the the cruise industry as they're the ones paying but for harbors oh, the, head, the head tax the head tax gotcha. yeah, for harbors is where we really struggle with finding funding sources and uh really you know we we at some point which we're there now eventually the facilities have worked so hard to rebuild over the last 10 years are going to come to the end of their useful life and if we don't start thinking ahead and thinking about that now we're going to be uh well behind when it comes time to recapitalize those facilities and we're trying to trying to figure out what we need to do to to raise those funds in our fund balance to be able to accomplish those as well as deferred maintenance you know our some of our facilities are getting a little long in the tooth and are starting to require lots of extra maintenance and and that especially like out at Statter Harbor. That's a 35-year-old float system out there on the transient part of the harbor, and every year it's getting more and more expensive to maintain. Well, you'd hope the state would provide more funding. I mean, they were the ones that gave you those facilities, weren't they? (laughs) They were, Kevin, and that's where the Municipal Harbor Grant ended up coming from was the fact that the, the state turned the harbors over to the cities and there needed to be some type of of program that would help the cities and municipalities to recapitalize and rebuild those facilities when they came to the end of their useful life. Don, looked like you wanted to say something. Matt covered it. (laughs) (laughs) Stole your words, okay. Well, on to the last item here, the uh, omnibus regulation changes. Uh, Could, Matt, could you give us a little bit of an overview of what's proposed here? Yeah, yeah, Kevin, we've got, forget the exact number that are on the uh that are going to public hearing on november the 9th at a uh, special board meeting immediately uh preceding the operations committee meeting um there's just a multitude of of updates to regulations we like to uh periodically review our regulations line by line and see what needs to be updated you know there's there's things in there that you know technology has changed and the way we manage some of the facilities has changed but the regulations still captured the old way that you know we we manage facilities and charges for entering spaces and stuff like that um you know one of the major things on there we were chatting there before the program is at statter harbor that is other than a float b float and the new for hire floats that facility is a transient facility it's also our busiest and most in-demand facility within the department and uh for years there's been a a rule out there in the summer regulation um for summer management where vessels are required to move every 10 days for a minimum of six hours and depart the harbor and uh that has been a, a difficult management issue for my staff to manage that 10-day regulation and we we run up against issues with how to enforce it and one of the changes is we're uh making it where vessels are, are welcome to stay out there as long as they want as long as they're moving every 10 days during the season where they have to but the uh enforcement mechanism for that is changing to if that vessel does not move within that prescribed 10 days they will be charged in addition to uh, any prepaid mortgage will be charged the daily rate on top of that as well. And that's solely meant to keep vessels moving, give everybody a fair and equal chance to use our busiest and most in-demand harbor, which is transient in nature as it is already. And this was for summer at the Statter Harbor. And we were talking earlier about the tour season. So that's about April through October or September. Yeah, Kevin, I believe the way it's currently written in our regulations, and I think it's May 1st to September 30th. um, And that's our busy time of the year for that harbor. Very good. Is there anything either of you would like to add before we close out today? At one time, uh, 
the people were complaining about the three-day limit that used to be out there. And so we upped it to the 10-day. And uh, I think that uh, 10 days is, is ample for people to be moving. And so we're going we're gonna to go ahead and uh, try to move forward with this to keep traffic moving out there instead of people just going out there and claiming a piece of dock forever. And this is on November 9th. Folks can comment on that. Correct, Kevin. We've got a uh, special board meeting slash public hearing on this omnibus regulation change schedule for November 9th at 5 p.m. City Hall, room 224, and via Zoom. And those uh, agendas are published uh, weekly, the week before the meeting, and I generally post them on our Docks and Harbors Facebook page, where for anybody listening, I highly encourage you, if you're on Facebook, like us. And uh, I put out a lot of information via Facebook. It's a very simple, easy way to reach a lot of folks, and I rely fairly heavily on it. Well, now you know exactly where to go. Thank you, too, for being here this morning. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. And thank you for listening. This is Kevin Allen for Action Line signing off tomorrow. I'll be talking to the Forest Service and Trail Mix.